friends. Welcome to the Mobile Monger Podcast, where we go behind the scenes in the cheese world to chat with the people making, selling, or distributing your favorite specialty food products. I'm your host, Janae Muha, certified cheese professional, longtime cheesemonger, and producer advocate. The Cheese Leets have been running to offer cheese education since 2016, and with this year's return to Des Moines, Iowa, where it all began, they've got some new things happening underneath their sweatbands. Welcome to the stage, Back in the Vat Grants. These grants will give cheese professionals the opportunity to spend time learning the ins and outs of the cheese business from some of the tops in the industry. Listen in as Sam Kane, the network liaison for the Cheese Leets, explains these grants, what to expect, and how to apply. Samantha Kane. Um, you can call me Sam. That's totally fine. I'm the network liaison for the Cheese Leads. I'm super excited to be here talking about them, but I will say a little bit about me, uh, which is that I have been in cheese for, I guess, about the last 10 years. Um, I've always been in food since I can remember. I started working in restaurants when I was 14. Um, I did everything that you can imagine in a restaurant from cleaning toilets and bussing plates to Um, being an executive sous chef at some of the best restaurants in Philadelphia of the time. Um, And then from there, much like everyone else, I decided to retire at 23. And um, I honestly got into cheese because a friend of mine was working for DeBruno Brothers in Philadelphia. And she, they knew they really needed help for the holidays. And she was like, you could totally do this job. You would love it. It's so fun. Also, like it's the Italian market, so it's kind of scrappy and you came from kitchens, so this will be really easy for you to get used to. (laughs) And um, I obviously needed a job, so I said yes, thinking that it would honestly be like a seasonal gig. And then I would sort of figure out what my life was going to look like after that. And then kind of also like everyone else, I just fell head over heels in love with everything about it. Um, The story, people, the sale, the excitement on the customers' faces the eating, so much eating. Um, and so, yeah, my, my love affair and my cheese career really started there. Um, and you know, I was so lucky because Emilio and Hunter are just such great mentors and they really have a way of fostering people's talent and giving them opportunities that you just didn't know were possible. So I ended up being able to travel all over the U S to visit cheesemakers and dairies and different cheese shops. Um, I had the pleasure of making cheese in Italy And uh, I ended up, you know, kind of working my way through basically every store that they had at the time, although they keep opening one. So I I can't say that anymore. And um, yeah. And then from there, I went to work for a small specialty grocer in D.C. And then from there, I went to work for Atlanta Corporation, which is a family owned specialty food importer based in New Jersey. I was there for about four years and um, recently, about a year ago, moved from cheese into cocktail mixers. And so now I'm doing cheese adjacent and cheese and beverage combination opportunities. So it's been great to stay connected to the industry through the cheese leads, but also kind of bringing cheese and beverage together in a way that makes me feel true delight, but also obviously brings a new way of thinking about the entire experience to the consumer. I love cheese adjacent type jobs because then um, you don't have to pick your favorite. You know, you don't have to stay loyal to just one cheese. You can love them all and use them all. (laughs) 
That's exactly right. And uh, I really leaned into that fully. I honestly think we're eating more cheese now than when I was working for Atalanta. Um, you know, I don't think anything can compare to when I was behind the counter because that was, I think, literally all I ate except for like prosciutto and mortadella, obviously being scattered as well. But um, yeah, we are eating such an obsessive amount of cheese, especially since the pandemic. And I'm like, this is how life should be always. This is perfect. Exactly. Um, so the cheese leads been around for a while we know it and love it as the 5k that it is but there's some new fun things happening um let's talk about it what is back in the vat and let's yeah get into it (laughs) yeah so um i'm super pumped about back in the vat so a little bit about the cheese leads for um your listeners who don't know it's a nonprofit organization that was founded by jess perry and rachel jewell um and it was basically founded on the premise that we need to continually be um moving forward the legacy of cheese loving people and fostering growth of the next generation of cheesemongers and cheese professionals. So um, it's not just about the product, it's also about the process and the people and really kind of like connecting all of that um, throughout our industry, but also in a fun way, which is kind of how the 5k came to be. Um, You know, it was to raise money to do everything that they wanted to do for the nonprofit, but also to get people involved in a creative, fun, and wacky way, which is exactly what the industry loves and thrives on. So um, it's worked tremendously well. Uh, It's actually a very exciting year because the first 5K ever was in Des Moines, Iowa for ACS. And this year we are going back, uh, which is going to be super cool. And it'll be just so interesting to see not only the changes of the city and kind of where ACS has gone, but obviously everyone that participates in the run, it's grown so enormously since the first time. Um, And then also really being able to highlight and get excited about the first time ever announcing Back in the Vat grant winners. So Back in the Vat is our um, grant that is run and owned by the Cheese Leads. We started it last year in 2022. And it is, um, it's something that's so special because it's totally organic. We had been talking about it for a really long time. Um, Jess and Jewel, especially, I think have kind of been trying to bring this idea to fruition since the beginning, but it's like lining up every single puzzle piece. It's, you know, harder than it looks, especially when it comes to nonprofits. So um, to be able to like be here talking about it today, it just seems so exciting that we were able to pull it all off in 2022, despite everything that was crazy going on the two years prior. Um, So it supports American cheese professionals to be able to go out into the cheese universe and have in-person experiences that make them feel excited and filled with education and being able to kind of transfer that again to the rest of the community. Um, It's something that's really important is not just uh, obviously giving people the opportunity to do something really special, but also then, you know, giving the people who didn't have that experience the opportunity to learn from them. Um, And so we want to be able to, you know, provide funding for three individuals up to $2,000, be able to partake in one of three experiences. Um, There are going to be, it's open now, all of the grant season is open now. So everyone is applying Um, for one of these three experiences to be able to go for a certain period of time. Um, And then the the grantees will be announced in April. 
So it's, um, yeah, it's very exciting. And I think maybe I'll just dive right into talking about the experiences too. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Do it. So yeah, we saw like this deep craving, especially during the pandemic for industry people to be more connected to each other because it sort of like completely got removed. It's funny because all the things that we like kind of took as a marathon and they were just like so exhausting to go from one show to the next show to, you know, the Cheesemonger Invitational and then ACS. And it's like the whole summer you were like rolling and then all of a sudden there was nothing and it was like, oh, well, that was actually like the energy boost we needed to do all the other things in the year. Um, and so that sort of fostered the idea of like really highlighting this in-person educational opportunity. And so we have partnered uh, and painstakingly vetted partners uh, over the last year. And we are so excited to announce that we're going to be working with Andy Hatch for Uplands Cheese. This one is super exciting because it's really kind of like a once in a lifetime experience. And it's also like seasonally and annually so special in general. Um, but the person that gets to apply and uh, hopefully get this experience is going to go in person to Wisconsin and they'll be working with Andy and the team to produce the multi-time award-winning Rush Creek Reserve. And so this cheese is like one that I personally cannot wait to see in the case. As soon as it comes, I buy like two or three and then we space them out based on ripeness and we're so in love with it at my house. And so um, being able to kind of go and see the entire process from start to finish, you know, it's a four week paid, basically an internship experience. And you'll, it'll include cheese making and affinage and all of um, the preparing of orders for the season. So you get to really see a well-rounded piece of the business and be totally immersed and ingrained in it, um, which is just so special. And because it is something that really only happens for such a small window of time, um, I just feel like this is such an intimate and, and unique experience. Um, and I'm really excited to see that one come to light. The next one is Antonelli's Cheese Shop. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know, John and Kendall are probably the warmest and most positive energy folks that I run into at ACS every year. Um, and they just care so deeply about the people that are really like fostering the industry. Um, and they are so involved in like cheese advocacy, um, AKA cheese mongering, not just the product, but all of us too. And then, uh, so their shop is like this dreamy space in Austin, Texas, and um, they have really kind of created a multifaceted approach to the entire business. And so this opportunity would allow someone to fully immerse themselves for a week into the business. And it would include um, time behind the cheese counter, of course, and working with the team there, but also working with catering, e-commerce and wholesale and really seeing like a well-rounded uh, scope of an independent cheese shop business and kind of what that can also grow into as a community enterprise. And then the last one for this year that we're offering is a um, ticket to Jasper Hill Cheese Camp. So Jasper Hill Farm has been doing this for a very long time. Obviously, they're a super well-known award-winning dairy. They make unbelievable products and um, they are taking whoever this person would be up to Vermont and they'll kind of again see a like full scope of the business so it'll be two days and three nights fully um, working with the team not only just in the cheese and affinage space of Jasper Hill Cellars but also getting an understanding of like working the land and being with cows um, and kind of understanding the farming side of the business also. It's definitely an in-depth kind of science-based educational course when you're, you know, working and learning with the team. But I think that's also what makes them so successful. 
Um, and so it really is, you know, between those three opportunities, I feel like it really is kind of something for everyone. There's a lot of opportunities for people to apply for exactly the thing that makes their heart sing. Um, and we wanted to be able to give a, a wide variety in that way, again, just because we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just cheesemongers that could apply. It was really open to all cheese professionals. So what does the grant really kind of entail for each one of these experiences? Yeah, so the grant is a two th up to a $2,000 funding for I any of these experiences. And we've worked with each of the partners individually to see kind of what that would look like. So for example, with Uplands Cheese, it's a paid internship. So, you know, the $2,000 will likely cover travel expenses to get to Wisconsin, um, possibly renting a car or transportation to and from the dairy. Um, and then, you know, between the $2,000 and some local boots on the ground help from Andy, uh, also finding like housing and places to stay. So, you know, it's really meant to cover and offset all of the costs associated with being able to have this kind of experience. Um, but there really isn't uh, exact parameters or like a limit on how the funding can be spent. It's really just meant to allow it to be as easy as possible to get from point A to point B and have a tremendous time once you get there. That's awesome because I have been really fortunate in my life to be able to travel to all of these places and get to spend time to do these. But it's been because I don't work, uh, you know, behind the counter job anymore that I have the time and the ability to do it. But it's always at my own expense, too. And I've been really fortunate for that. So this is such a cool opportunity for someone who maybe can't afford to do it or can't afford to take the time off to be able to go and experience something so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like working in the food industry, it's already a space where finances can often be really tight. And it's obviously an industry that's filled with passion, which is what keeps us moving forward. I mean, I don't think that anyone necessarily gets into cheese because they think that they're going to be like rolling in dough, right? But um, in the same likeness, once the pandemic really came, all of those stressors and that tightness kind of became more amplified because shops were closing, there were less places for people to be able to kind of make the money that they were making, people were doing more online shopping and like not really going into those stores. And so kind of like less funding in general, just to do even kind of the baseline of what we were used to. And so again, kind of looking at what does the industry need? And how can we really participate in positive action moving us forward, which is kind of what the cheese leads have always done um, in like their versatility prior to the back in the back grant as well. Just looking at the fact that it was like, okay, there's tons of people that want this opportunity, but it's even harder than it was before to get them there. So how do we help? And that was really sort of the catalyst to really drive the 2022 season of making sure that this got up and running. What did the vetting process look like for these uh, experiences? I want to know like how you chose these three companies in particular and how that those conversations went in trying to get them on board. Yeah, absolutely. So there's actually a full application that was put together um, in tandem between the cheese lease and also with the nonprofit organization we partner with. Because um, obviously being a nonprofit, there's a lot of sort of legalities that need to be met. And um, we are all cheese people, so some of those things are just out of our scope, right? So um, we put together a full application process of exactly what would be included, what the beneficiary would really gain from it, what the um, 
partner or sponsor would be gaining from having that person join the business or see the business and what they anticipated that looking like in the community and industry beyond just that internship period. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of just conversations. I mean, once the, so anyone, any business or anyone that is interested in being a partner with the Back in the Back grant, there is actually an application still open on our website because we do hope that this will sort of evolve and expand as the years go along. Um, but the three that we chose this year, you know, that vetting process really started with the application and then just conversations. I think it worked out so well because, you know, everyone involved, Andy, John and Kendall and everyone at the Jasper Hill team, they have such a great vision that just aligns with what we were looking to do as well, which is to bring people back together, reconnect them to the process, the people and the products that are most important in our industry, and then celebrate that, you know, it, it's it's so nice to be able to, you know, listen to a podcast or, you know, attend a virtual seminar or um, watch really cool reels and videos on social media. But there's just something that's so influential and personal and unique about that in-person experience. And I don't think that any of us understood the gravity of that until it wasn't happening. And so it just felt like the right partnerships for this year to kind of lean into the fact that we were already so aligned on what the industry needed and they were so excited to be able to offer the opportunities and like kind of extra things to really enhance and make it as easy as possible. Um, and all the things with exact detail of what's included for each of the three experiences is also on the website. So as the applicants are kind of going through deciding which one maybe fits their needs the best or which one is most exciting to them, they can see exactly what's offered. Like is there housing? Is there food provided? Is there transportation? You know, all of those things. And then kind of aligning with, okay, I know that I'm going to have $2,000. This is also what comes on top of that. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. When I was looking on the website, I was like, wow, this is really all the questions that I could possibly have about what is happening. It's all right there. It's wonderful. Um, and I'll put the that information in the show notes too, so people can go find it. Um, awesome. <clears throat> Prior to this, though, what was the what were the cheese leads really? What was that money kind of going towards? Yeah, so the cheese leads, um, you know, have always funded directly into the industry, and it's sort of adapted year over year again, just based on kind of what the industry needs were. Um, and so every year, we always support the American Cheese Society's Education Foundation because that really just goes hand in hand with what's important to us as well, like really cycling through making sure that people have the information that they really want, how to get there, and then being able to share it collaboratively as a community. Um, and then we've also supported the Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award. Um, we've supported the Pennsylvania Cheese Guild, especially during COVID when, again, kind of like smaller producers really needed it. Um, the James Beard Foundation opened for good. And then the other thing that we did, um, I think in our last virtual race is actually when we leaned in was to support Restaurant After Hours and Ben's Friends, which are also nonprofits that offer free mental health services and um, substance abuse assistance for people specifically in the food industry. So again, just kind of like listening to everyone that works with us normally, the people that do the race, the people that are in the industry, the people that are kind of um, able to vocalize either in words or in actions, you know, this is what we really need right now. We just tried to really listen with open ears and hearts and be able to like meet those needs as the years went. 
I love watching it evolve. It's been really fun, like seeing all the the great things that are coming from this. Um, and in that, what what are we hoping that this is going to look like in the future? Yeah, that's uh, that's such a wild question to me. Honestly, <laughs> I I figured it would be coming, but it's just it's like this is the first year of us having the back in the grant that or, I'm sorry, back in the back grant, and it um it feels so wild to be like, okay, but where do you want it to go? It's like, oh my gosh, I just, I just want to announce. We just got here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like uh, all that to say, you know, it's, it's year one. So we're just honestly kind of in the super excited we're here phase, but we do want it to be able to evolve. So kind of, as I touched on earlier, we definitely want to continue to have different partners and possibly even more partners, you know, um, who are going to be able to take people on these experiences and really offer unique and creative ways to see and, and, um, you know, have in-person education in the industry. So, you know, that's going to be kind of ongoing. Um, all the partners that we have for this year, I think are kind of like the perfect starting point. And it's not to say that they won't be our partners next year either, but I think just allowing that door to kind of continuously be open is going to be really positive. Um, and then from there too, you know, getting just more, awareness of the grant out into the universe, I think is going to be really helpful because ultimately we'd like to be able to provide more funding, you know, like our goal based on funding that we know we can kind of meet um, from how well the 5k has always done and the sponsors that we do already have. We know that we can do at least three people this year. And it would be super cool if, you know, we could say, all right, but now we're going to do five or eight or 10, you know, it's, um, we want to be able to offer it, you know, to more and more people and do more and more in the community to have that lasting impact. And again, kind of the more people that are doing it, the more they can share that out into the universe too. So those are definitely kind of like the two biggest points that we want to see continue to evolve. And then beyond that, similarly to how the Chief Leads has always kind of um, listened and then pivoted, I think there's a lot of opportunity for as we see needs throughout the industry in the next five, 10, 15 years, being able to just use the back of the back grant to be able to meet those as well. Um, let's talk about fundraising for a minute because that is a difficult, difficult thing to do. Um, so is most of this money coming from the 5K itself? I know that there's also the t-shirt and hoodie sales. I have one myself. Um, yeah. So like, where is this money kind of coming from, I guess? Yeah, so I want to kind of back up and say that last year was the first year that we had a Cheese Leats um, board of directors. So it's always just been Jess and Jewel. And so the fact that they have done literally all the race management and the logistics and the swag and the fundraising, I'm just like, I honestly don't know how you ladies are still standing. It's a miracle. Um, And so last year, you know, uh, they had opened up you know, just an, an open call for applicants to be able to apply to the Cheese Leads. And um, I was fortunate enough to become the network liaison. Lacey McNeff is our marketing director. And then Dan, who's worked with us um, for, you know, a, a few years now with the races, he became the official logistics coordinator. So he's taking on a lot of that burden. And then Jewel's still our project manager and, and Jess being the race manager. So we all sort of like now have um, exactly the right task for who should manage what. And everyone can really move forward in the right direction. And so um, between Jewel and myself, we go out and find sponsors every year. um, And that supports the 5k uh, cost more or less. So it, you know, anything that we would need for the 5k from 
bottles of water to snacks to permits, you know, all of our sponsorship funding goes directly to that. And then all the funding for Back on the Back comes from the fundraising efforts that are like boots on the ground at the 5K. So anyone that participates in the run makes a donation, buys a t-shirt, sunglasses, hoodies, um, you know, anything like that, that is what is actually funding the Back of the Back grant. So it's a really um, important delineation for sure. Um, we are so appreciative of our sponsors because with their contributions, we are able to put 100% of those profits, I'm sorry, those proceeds right to um, the grant. And that's really what we want to be able to continue to do. So with that said, I'll just shamelessly plug that if anyone wants to be a sponsor for the 5K and for the Cheese Leads, there's also an application for that on our website, or um, you can reach out to me directly and I, I will give you my email to put in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, we're always looking for, you know, as much contribution and sponsorship as possible. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't come in funding either. Like last year, we had some amazing partners that were able to come out and they actually prepared like a full breakfast table for everyone. Um, and they supplied all the food and like that in-kind contribution or the volunteers that come and help make sure that the runners are not going to like the absolute wrong end of the city, you know, that is equally impactful. And we're just so grateful to have that support too. So if anyone does want to be more involved, you know, that's also an open piece of the conversation. It's, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm glad yeah. that um, Jess and Jewel have finally uh, let some of that go and given it to people. So everybody has their own role in the, in the puzzle piece that it is. Um, but it's also pretty amazing that um, through your fundraising efforts over the last year that we've been able to do these three grants for $2,000 each and like what an opportunity. Um, so props to you guys for working so hard. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah it was, um, it's been really amazing. We've actually raised over $89,000 in the last five conferences that we've done the race, um, either virtually or in person. Um, and, you know, being able to kind of give so much back, it's just, it's been so gratifying for all of us that it's, you know, with all the hard work that we know goes into the 5k, it's like when we look at the end of the race season and we see what we've been able to accomplish and what we've been able to give to the community, that's kind of what I think keeps everyone excited and going forward into the next one. Um, and last year we did over $10,000 just at the 5k. So, um, a lot of opportunity for this year, you know, I think all of us are just a little bit competitive. So if we're able to kind of beat those numbers in 2023, um, and offer even more, you know, obviously that would just be so phenomenal for like everyone that attends and everyone that's involved, but, um, from like a personal group perspective too. There's not a single one of the ladies on the team that doesn't have a little bit of friendly competition. So we're always looking to see what we can do next. So similar with the, like the DZTE um, stuff, they've usually had like a, a hashtag that you can follow to kind of like follow along um, when people go on their things. Like what do you guys have plans for? Um, how are people going to be able to find out how these, um, experiences affected the people who did them? Yeah. So last year when we launched the Back in the Vat grant, we used hashtag Back in the Vat and hashtag BITV. Um, and I definitely feel like those are going to kind of continue forward. I know that Lacey has been working kind of tirelessly, um, just promoting the three experiences that we do have. And then once the grant season closes, she'll be really focusing on getting the messaging out about how they're going to be used, who the winner is, and kind of sort of like following along on the journey. 
So definitely on social media would be the number one platform to be able to like see photos, kind of have firsthand glance at everything that's going on from the process of choosing the grantees and then also, you know, obviously their experience as that unfolds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think similarly to everything that we've done, it's really sort of a grassroots experience too. So anyone that wants to include us in their cheese education, their cheese fun, uh, any of those things, and obviously the 5k, they can always tag the cheese leets in Instagram, um, or hashtag cheese leets 5k is, um, another one, you know, especially not only is back in the vat, um, the grant season kind of coming to a close, uh, but then it will start, you know, the couch to 5k training almost immediately after. So it's going to be a kind of constant conversation about where we're going. Awesome. I just, I really like the idea of, you know, people being able to see what people are gaining from these experiences so that next year when application season comes around, they can be like, oh, that person had this amazing time. And I really want to be a part of that too. So. Yeah. One of the um, questions for all the grantees as well is what they're going to do with the knowledge or experience that they gain um, through the back of the back grant. So we really do want to have an understanding. And when we're making the choice of who the grantee is going to be, we want to know how they want to be able to give back. That's such a huge piece of our mission. Um, and, you know, similarly to what you said to the DCT, um, you know, it just, it's, it's amazing to be able to offer that experience to someone, but then how do we translate that to being able to get everyone more involved? And so, yeah, that is one of the questions that's in the grantee application. Um, and it's definitely a really big piece of the pie for us. You know, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be creative and fun, which is what we want it to be. Um, and that's also what these experiences in general are, you know, they're kind of unique out of the box first ever, some of them experiences that, you know, haven't been offered to the industry before. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, I think we'll see that evolve as we decide who the grantees will be and as the experiences unfold, but definitely, you know, at baseline, you'll be seeing, you know, images and understanding kind of how it's going. Um, as everyone's having their experiences. And then from there, I think it'll be a whole slew of opportunities from podcasts to events or, you know, pairing dinners where people can really talk about and share their experience and be able to offer some perspective that's new to our industry. So let's talk about this year, 2023, in terms of the 5K. So we'll be yeah. in Des Moines, which is really exciting. Go back to the, get back to the roots. Back to the root. So this is super fun. Um, so we all found out as we were planning where the run was going to be in Des Moines and getting super excited about sort of, okay, we, we did the one and it was the first and it was great. How do we make this one even cooler, even bigger, even more rad? And we discovered that we are going to be near, I believe, the biggest skate park in the United States. We are like less than a block away. It is a stone's throw from the race starting line. And so um, we're really leaning into the fact that the skater boy era is still upon us, no matter what we do, <laughs> and that um, maybe people are going to skate their 5K. Maybe, maybe Wedgie is going to be on a skateboard. Maybe we're just going to need to have some really cool props at this 5K in Des Moines. So um, it's, that's a totally like, adjacent piece for us that we are leaning into. We're super excited about it. I mean, we've always said that you can do your 5k dancing or skipping or biking. And, um, you know, we want to be able to like lean in even further into this year. And it's like, all right, 
where's my deck from when I was 13? I'm pulling it out of the garage. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that is sort of the first really big, exciting piece in Des Moines. The second big exciting piece in Des Moines is that we had over 100 in-person runners um, show up last year, and we would really like to advance that number even further. Um, and with the adjustment of the ACS schedule in general, uh, we're going to be having the run on Friday instead of Saturday. Um, so it'll still be the last day of the conference, as it's always been. Um, it'll be, you know, the early but not too early morning time that we sort of landed on to keep everyone pretty happy. Um, and yeah, we're, we're super excited about the course. We're, you know, still in like the fundraising and sponsorship phase. So we don't know exactly what that piece is going to look like yet, but I know that last year we had such amazing support and I think this year is going to be. Uh, will there be a virtual option again for those who can't join us in person? Absolutely. Yeah. We, um, we thought about that long and hard even last year. And it was just like, you know what, this is such a great opportunity for people to feel included, which is really what we want to be doing. So yes, there will always be a virtual option. Now we've decided to keep it indefinitely um, because it honestly, it's so fun. And there are prizes, not just for the in-person participants, but also for virtual participants for best backdrop and best costume, um, which can be uh, won virtually or in person. And so, yeah, a lot of opportunity there. Um, but yes, I I think that the virtual option is here to stay. And then of course, we will always have our swag. So don't know exactly what that's gonna look like yet. Jules keeping it all like zipped up under wraps until it's finalized. But um, we always work with Malachi Egan. He's a phenomenal, um, well, local to me, I was gonna say local, but this is gonna be a national podcast. So not local, but he is also based uh, right around Philadelphia and uh, he does absolutely phenomenal imagery, not just for cheats, but he's certainly well known throughout the industry. And he always does our designs for us. He's helped us to create Wedgie and all of his glory and such fun and entertaining backdrops throughout the years. So um, he and Jewel have partnered once again, and I'm sure that whatever they come up with is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And that should launch um, and be kind of active right around the time of our official race opening date, which is going to be May 1st. Awesome. All right. Now give me the rundown of all of the places that people can find you. Where can they put their application in? Because, you know, they want to go to Uplands for four weeks and go work side by side with Andy. Um, so where can oh. they do that? I want to do that too, honestly. I am. Um, yes. Okay. All the places. So I will start first with the deadline because this is important. So the grant application season closes on February 28th. Um, that is very important because it's like basically a week away. Uh, and so we really want to make sure that anyone who's still interested in applying really does make the effort to do that. It is a easy application that's really meant for us to get to know you and what you want to gain from the experience. So it's not you know, writing a huge long essay, it shouldn't feel anything like college. Um, it should feel just as exciting as the experience itself. So the application season is open until February 28th. The applications can be found on our website, thecheeseleets.org. And there's also links both in our stories and in our bio on our Instagram at thecheeseleets. Um, so lots of opportunities on how to find that. And like I mentioned earlier, all the information about exactly what's included for each experience, um, you know, who you'll be working with, exactly what you get out of it from them um, is all listed on the website. So there's really, you know, no gray area, but obviously if there are any questions, everyone at the Cheese Leads team is here to help and we're all available. You know, you can reach out to us on Instagram, you can reach out to us on email. 
Um, we want to make everyone feel as good about their decision as possible. So we're totally here to help. Um, and then, you know, I personally really enjoy following Jess and Jewel too, because their experiences kind of translate both throughout the industry and for cheese leets. So yeah, they're always posting um, for the cheese leets and following, you know, just sort of the team as it were on Instagram is always really fun. And then I'll also just say out loud, even though you're going to put in the show notes, that my email is network at thecheeseleets.org. Um, and, you know, not only am I available for back from the bat grant applications, um, application questions, but I'm also available for any kind of fundraising and sponsorship questions or opportunities that anyone would like to bring to the table. So, um, yes, we are all available in multi-opportunity ways throughout the next few months. All right. Are you ready for the um, quick, quick round? <laughs> I love it. I'm ready. Hit me with All it. Right. <laughs> What's your current cheese crush? Uh, basically anything from boxcar dairy. I'm completely obsessed with everything Sam is making. I I've honestly never had a bad wheel of cheese from them. And every time I eat them, I feel like they get better. So that's, uh, yes, my shameless plug to boxcar dairy. Absolutely. Agree full so wholeheartedly on that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite pairing? I'm excited to hear this now that you are in the pairing, pairing world, cocktail pairing. Yeah, man. Okay. So sweet or savory. That's always like the question, right? Where like I flip flop back and forth. Um, for sweet pairings, I absolutely love having um a bijou with persimmons and honey and like a lovely sort of like florally amaro. I've been loving lo-fi amaro, actually. So um that's been kind of a go-to thing for me. I'm persimmons are also my favorite fruit. So I've been leaning in really hard to the season. And um, it also just makes me feel not as wintry as I'm feeling when I eat that whole bite. So that's been nice. And then for savory, I actually need to shout out Anne Campbell um, because she is number one, she's brilliant. But number two, this pairing was like literally presented to me like six and a half, seven years ago. And I still think about it all the time and create it when I just need like good, rich yumminess. Um, and that is Gruyere with nut butter and dark soy sauce. And it basically tastes like Dan Dan noodles. And I love it. Um, so when I do want to lean into feeling wintry, cozy, and just want to like be tucked in a cheese hug, um, that is my savory bite. Uh, like my eyes are like aghast because like that just sounds amazing and something that I have never thought about before. So I love yeah. that. Um, For like an extra layer, feel free to spread some Anduja on that plate too. You won't regret it. <laughs> just go crazy with it. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> um, And then the last one, your best cheese memory doesn't necessarily have to be like a cheese you ate. It could be the experience that you were having with the people you were having. So something that just really sticks out in your mind is like your happy place that you go to when you need, you need a break. It's so funny because the first memory that popped in my head when you said that I wouldn't say is necessarily like my happy place. Cause it was actually a super embarrassing memory, but it's one that like consistently makes me laugh. And it was like such a Sam Kane moment. So I feel like I have to just share exactly that one. Um, I had the pleasure of going on a cheese journeys tour to the UK in 2021. It was absolutely amazing. Highly recommend um, if anyone hasn't heard of cheese journeys or hasn't done it, if the opportunity does present itself to you, like just so delightful um, and far exceeded my expectations. 
with that in mind, uh, our last night there, we had this like intimate, lovely rocklet dinner where there were multiple rocklet machines in Jamie Montgomery's boathouse. Um, so, so we stayed like at the Montgomery family house um, for the majority of the trip. And the last night, like we had like a big bonfire outside and we were right on the water and we were in this boathouse. And so, you know, the rocklet machines were brought with us and they are American and the plugs in the UK are not. And so like some are on adapters and so like it was certainly a fair amount of chaos. But again, lovely. The cheese was lovely. Everyone like was really stinky and we were just like having the best time. And um, of course, the table that I was at, we blew a fuse. And so our rocklet machine stopped being hot. And uh, so Jewel and I and Jamie Montgomery are like kind of walking around to like not alarm anyone else and trying to figure out how to fix this in like a quick way so that everyone can keep eating. And um, we decide that we're going to move the rocklet machine to a new plug that's on a different breaker. Good. Easy enough. So I decide that I'm going to be the hero that moves this rocklet machine. And in that, one of the trays of gooey, perfect, ready to eat rocklet falls right out of the side and like narrowly misses burning forever beloved Joe Schneider from Stitchelton. <laughs> and honestly, if it had been anyone else, I probably would have immediately started crying because I felt so terrible, but he has such a way of diffusing the tension and adding humor to the craziest of moments. Uh, and so now I am forever known in his phone as Sam with the nice smile who spilled boiling hot raclette on my pants. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> You're memorable. He's not going to forget you. Not going to forget. Yeah. Um, even though he might like to, because I'm sure that that would have been really terrible and painful for him. But again, narrowly missed, like severe leg burning uh, with boiling hot raclette. Um, but that is my number one cheese memory for sure. I don't think that anything could be more ridiculous or also more my personality than that exact moment. So uh, here we are. <laughs> I love that. And I know that like with Joe's sense of humor too, that it just totally literally rolled off of his leg and he was just like, whatever. hundred percent. Like I, yeah, again, so quick to just diffuse the tension in every way. And, uh, you know, we spent the rest of the night sort of like laughing on and off about how I could have like very seriously sent him to the hospital about basically everything else that happened that night. Like if I tried to touch anything else, he's like, Oh, don't, don't let her pick that up. That you just, okay, well now it's in her hand. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> So yeah, it was a great time. Really good time. And I will also second that uh, Cheese Journeys is, is an amazing thing to do. Um, my husband and I went on the one in Holland in 2019, and it was so wonderful and so many fantastic memories from that entire trip that I couldn't even pick just one. So I like that you picked one that is uh, kind of embarrassing, but you know what? If you know, if you know yourself... Exactly. And the trip was not embarrassing as a whole, I'd say. Um, I, you know, that was really, I think, the the standing moment of feeling like completely mortified. But um, yeah, it was, it really is such an amazing experience. And I feel like so many pieces are thought about 
and covered and you're just so well taken care of. Um, so yeah, it's just, it was very, very cool. And just a totally different way to see, you know, like again, highlighting cheese legends and like really being excited about the opportunity to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one and, um, you know, even if you do almost send them to the hospital, you know, it's so good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just honestly like a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> And I might have to get out some uh, special insurance <laughs> if you uh, join the, the next, another one. Yeah. So just yeah. for you. I'll stick to five Ks for this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sam, I'm really excited about Back in the Vat and these grants, I think, are just going to really um, help people in our industry further their career and maintain this passion that we are trying to keep people in excited about. So um, thanks for all the work that you've done on that. And thanks for joining me today. I'm excited for the future. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, you've been such a great advocate of the cheese bits from the beginning. And it just um, thank you for all of your support, honestly. And um, yeah, I hope that everyone is excited as is as excited as we are. And it'll be a really great grant season. I'm excited to see who the winners are. Fundraising is not an easy feat, and I just really want to give it up for these hardworking cheese peeps making dreams come true. Y'all just continue to inspire. This podcast is recorded, produced, and edited by me, Janae Muha. Musical credits to my husband, Ben Muha. If you'd like to continue the conversation, find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Patreon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite listening platform so more people can find this podcast. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep spreading the word of good curd.